Live from New York City, this is Yitzi Tovel, Building Jerusalem. Our guest today is Chaim Samuels. Chaim is an up-and-coming stand-up comic and the host of YouTube video series Lonely Boy Reactions. Chaim, pleasure to have you on the Hey, show. what's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks oh, for having me on, by the way. Uh, okay, I'm not going to scoot the chairs over here. How it's you doing, man? Oh, okay, I'm really yeah? well. Yeah, cruising. Um, you just got back from England a few days ago. Oh, that's weird. It was, I got back from England, and I've been doing stand-up for about three and a half years. It was probably the, the greatest moment in my career, probably one of the worst moments of my career. You were in London, Manchester? Uh, so I flew to London, but then I took a bunch of vehicles to Manchester. A bunch uh, of vehicles? Yeah, dude, it was... It was weird, man, because I had flown that night and then I had gotten in that morning, so I I hadn't slept. And the people that that brought me in were religious Jews, and they assumed I kept kosher, so I didn't get any food on the plane. So I haven't eaten, I haven't slept, and this this is just uh, this is something that I realized, and I, I didn't even think because the more you do things, you realize there's so many there's you learn new things, you know. And mm-hmm. this is something I never learned until that very moment is don't travel somewhere far or out of the country uh and then perform the same day that you travel because uh yeah i was underslept hadn't eaten i was in a country that i was unfamiliar with so the traveling was a headache in itself and i was having all this anxiety if i'm gonna get there on time yeah in in short my performance did not go as well as i hoped yeah that's But but you know what? So I did about six or seven minutes. I was supposed to do about twenty five minutes. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. So okay. So I, I but th- th- he asked me to split it up. So I, I still had the time. I could do like a few minutes here, a few minutes there. Uh, but just at the end of like five or six minutes, I'm I, I pretty much told the crowd like, okay, I'm just gonna end it here. <laughs> That's how exhausted I was. Jeez. Yeah. So no, no, no. But it, it, there's kind of a happy ending. So okay. Um. So. Yeah, so I'm exhausted, hadn't eaten, and then I had to do this raffle afterwards, which if there's anything more horrible than doing bad on stage in front of a group of people in a different country, it's then having to <laughs> do a raffle, which is also something I never thought I'd... Hold on, hold on a yeah. second. So you say do a raffle. So I'm picturing yeah. you like at the front of like this big crowd of yeah. people with a spinning ball picking tickets <laughs> out and being like the winner of the skateboard is yeah this is that no, was more depressing right? it was a little more depressing okay than that. yeah uh, okay. no i, I did, did it in a bar it was in a bar okay uh and it was this chabad thing and uh after about five or six minutes it's just terrible because it wasn't I, i've bombed before i've done bad before but i've never felt bad you know because i've been in bad situations where at the end of the performance i was like i don't really care right but since i was so tired and uh, I put all this, there was all this pressure because I flew out. So right. I, felt, I just felt terrible. And I, I even told the people, because <laughs> I got in friendly with some of the people uh, that were at the show, uh, you know, um, you guys could heckle me because I like crowd work. But that was just terrible, terrible Ooh, idea. Because no. Yeah, because they would, they would because I've done that before where like people have heckled me and I, I really enjoy it. But you got to be on top in order yeah. for that to be working. Yeah, except if I, I'm on no sleep and no food. So. And I, I'm jacked up on a bunch of coke and rum, and I'm falling on my face. And people would just heckle, and I would come back with nothing. So I just gave up. I never gave up in a set. I just gave up. I started doing the raffle. Just embarrassing, terrible. But about a minute into the raffle, though, I started getting some energy like and momentum. Like I kind of got over – because I've done this so much, I got over 
the fact that I just bombed in front of a group of people. Yeah. And I kind of started to have some momentum, and I kind of started getting a little more into the zone. And then I told myself I could either end it off here or, you know, these people flew me out. I'm going to do my best to do a good job. So I told the guy, give me another five minutes. He's like, okay, cool. You know, it, it didn't seem to bother him that much, but I was like, let me give me another five minutes. And then, so I took the mic, I sat down, I, I was actually really honest with these people. And I, you know, I told them about me starting to stand up and my career and where it's been. And, uh, I, I was just open and honest and I was kind of just having fun and leaving the pressure off the table and it kind of went well. It went pretty mm-hmm. decent. And I left off, I think, on a good foot and I felt pretty good. And this is, it was such an amazing moment uh, in my career um, where I, I had this terrible moment and I could have ended it there, but I decided I'm not going to leave this off. Like I pushed myself and I told myself, I'm not going to let this night ruin me, you know? So it was, it was a really nice. cool moment. So yeah. Well, congrats, man. So that was um, that was the show in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, after Manchester, you get to see much of England before you flew back? No. It's just straight back home. I'm an idiot. I'm such an idiot, you know? <laughs> I do everything wrong. Everybody tells me to do it. Yeah. I, people have told me, like, I, I had a show. So the reason I flew out that day is yeah. because I had a show a few days before, which uh, I could have canceled. Totally could have canceled it. I should have. I should have canceled it. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal, but... Uh, I I only recently didn't you end up not doing that show in the end? No, I, I didn't end up doing that show where I came back. I came back to New York. Oh right, and I didn't do that show. Yeah, I didn't do the show okay. that I left early from England to do. I didn't even do that. That's yeah, how right. That's how crazy. Exhausted. Yeah, I'm, you get back from England straight away. I'm an idiot, and I, I tried to. I tried to also when you fly there. I tried to sleep. I tried to just go that day, and I thought I was going to change my sleep cycle. That's what I thought. I was like. Yeah, you know, I'm going to fly to England, change my sleep cycle that night, and I'll be ready the next morning. No. I no think chance. it confused my brain even more. Did you have like a Xanax or a Valium or something to kick you off a bit? Uh, have melatonin. Melatonin. Oh, come on. What? Okay, so melatonin yeah. is like is like the closest thing to a herbal remedy that real science is Really? Produced. Yeah, like it's a real, look, it's a real No, thing. it works. It I, works. Yeah. But it's like, how does it work? It's like... Uh, we're going to put something in your body yeah. that you should have anyway from just having experienced sunshine today and yeah. not look and not looking at screens over the past few hours. That's yeah. what it does, as far as I can tell. Really? It, like, simulates living in a healthy, basic, like, environment <laughs> where you're getting sun rather than screen. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, this is five milligrams. It's the lowest milligram, so. Yeah, but, but, I mean, like, the whole thing, like, that's as far as it can go for you. It can <laughs> just, like, take you I from, also wear I also wear one of those sleep masks. Okay, also, also my sleep is horrible. No. I, I, yeah. My sleep is legit terrible. There's like, one thing I've learned aeroplanes, you yeah. need a Valium or a Xanax. Like, that's why, it. Why the clean. Why did I not take a melatonin? I actually thought about taking a melatonin. Wait, you on didn't the plane. even take your melatonin? No, on the plane, plane I should have. Yeah, that would have been probably the smartest thing, right? Yeah. I could have took, I had five milligrams. I could have took like three melatonins, boom, been out. Don't know if it works like that, but I hear it. Oh, does it not work like that? I Again, like, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, but I think, like, all it does is, like, yeah. you should have, by the end of a day, a yeah. certain amount of background, like, mm-hmm. marathon in your blood. And it just yeah. simulates that. But like, what, you're saying if I that. took it in the middle of the day, it wouldn't be as effective? I, I, I don't know. I think, like, I think that it's the relevant factor is, I, I'm not a doctor, but I think the relevant factor is, Yeah, it's two is, guys. Like, yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah, two guys talking about something that they're probably wrong about. Yeah. But I think like you just need a little bit of it in your blood. Okay. To make Yeah, because make it, else it, go it right. definitely is working, the melatonin. Right. My my sleep is horrible. Like I have sleep apnea. I, I, I don't sleep very well. For the past like like only until pretty recent 
have I actually started to sleep decently, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have, like, an exercise routine that you do? What, for sleeping? Yeah. Like, go like, to bed? I don't know. Do you, like, do you, do you jog? Do you do weights? Do you do anything like that? No, yeah, I work out a few times a week recently, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you, I I take Vyvanse. You know what that is? No. Okay. Vyvanse? All right, doctor, let me uh, let me educate you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm ripping out my medical yeah. degree right now. Uh, Clearly, I'm failed. No, so, uh, so this was... You know what? I'm 23 right now. When I moved to New York, I, I was about 20. And for for maybe the past three years, um, I turned 23 a few months ago. A muzzle tub. Yeah, thank you. Oh, in August, so. Happy birthday for August. Yeah, <laughs> so that's like five months ago. Yeah, we're a bit late. But uh, so, if, like, when I turned 23, I assumed that I would have had, I, I would have accomplished all these goals that I, I had in my head when I moved to New York. Um, and that wasn't the case. I was uh, overweight. I had been fired. And that's that's another story we can maybe get into. I had been fired from so many jobs. I had done so many jobs. I was broke. I hadn't accomplished any of the goals in stand-up that I wanted to do. My YouTube channel was terrible. So uh, after about after like years of just all this anxiety and depression, I, I realized there was something going on. It wasn't just me being lazy because there, you can be a lazy person and still keep a job. With me, it was mm-hmm. almost impossible to keep a job for a certain amount of time. So I talked to my brother, who's a really intelligent, smart guy, who he studies a lot of psychology and psychiatry and stuff like that. And he, he we, we brought up the idea that maybe I need pills or something like that because the way I'm going right now is super unhealthy. So I took about 23, I took about a month and a half off from everything, from stand-up, from my YouTube channel, pretty much for everything. I needed to get away. I moved back to Connecticut. You're from uh, Connecticut originally? Yeah. I'm from this little place called Simsbury, Connecticut. And if you want to get away and you need some time to think, yeah, it's the perfect place. There's nothing there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, the most, that's the most positive framing I've ever heard. And yeah. What? Also, I don't know. I'm from, I'm from Australia where yeah. like everyone is just from Sydney. Yeah. You know, like or Melbourne. Like, but here in, in America, there's a lot more like, I'm from small town this. I'm from small town that. Yeah, yeah. And that's the best framing I've ever heard. Like, if you want to get away from it all, <laughs> Simsbury, Connecticut. Simsbury, Connecticut. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's a family vacation. I would say it's like, you want to meditate or do the summer. You want to become a samurai. Do you yeah. have good, yeah. <laughs> Just up there in your underpants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This order. Do you have, um? is there like a park there or something? Yeah, no, right near my house, there's a park. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, no, it, it's, it, I needed to get away from everything, really. Like, um, just every everything was not working out for me. Yeah. Uh, social anxiety, uh, just the amount of depression. It was it was bad. It was bad at that time. And uh, this this is about four or five months ago. And I spent a month and a half away from everything. It was the longest time I ever took from doing stand up for the for the past three years. Like at least when I when I started doing stand up when I moved to New York, uh, I had been consistently doing stand up at le- at least a few times a month. Mm-hmm. If not, at least once or twice a week. Um, and so, uh, but but at that time, I was just like, I need to get rid of all this. So I went home, went to a psychiatrist, and he told me that I do, in fact, have ADHD, and I should go see a psychoanalyst. And she told me that, yeah, probably smart if you take start taking pills, yeah. And I, and I, people are people are idiots because everybody, people have this idea. I even talked to people when I when I told them that I was probably going to be taking pills, right? Because I didn't care at that time. And I had this whole stigma. I'm like, I don't want to take pills. I want to try to fight it myself. But at a certain point, I kind of just gave up. I gave yeah. up. I'm just like, you know what? My life's not going to go. It's not going to change. It's not. I just, I can't focus. I can't do certain things. I might as well go for it, you know? What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. Okay, we're back to, you know, square. We're back to, you know, 
uh, we're back to where we started. So, and I talked to a few people who were just like, no, you should, you shouldn't take pills. They don't know anything about anything. No, they have no idea. They're just saying things. Yeah. People just, I don't know why people are so confident in things that they know nothing about. It's fast. That's fascinating to me. Uh, yeah. Well, the pills things particularly, I think like a lot of people that they're anti-pill by default. And I feel like there's a good, there's a, it's a, there's a good place to be at, like anti pill by default yeah. because like I don't know what the numbers are but like there are a lot of people who are like I have a little problem I'm gonna fix it with a pill and that's it yeah. and they end up creating a bigger problem themselves right but if you actually have a big problem already right and you take the pill yes. then the pill will fix your big problem yes. and give you a little problem exactly no, so I think that better. is the misconception the misconception is that anybody with a headache takes a pill or anybody who you know, is a little bit lazy, takes a pill. That's not, that yeah. That was not me in my situation. And there are plenty of people who just cannot get their life together. No. And it's unfortunate that there are people that just give off this information about something they know nothing about. You know, one guy was like, just take your ADHD and use it to your, you know, use it to your uh, strength. Use it as fuel. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Use that. Use my ADHD. Well, okay, if I could do that, I would do that. Like, I don't know what that means, right? Well, I got, like, I'm trying to think it through now. So you have, um... <laughs> the guy, the guy t- by the way, something sorry for cutting it. The guy no, told no. me this is, like, he's in debt. <laughs> he's He started, like, three companies that are all failing. Like, he was the perfect example of somebody who should not be using your ADHD. Like, it, it was ridiculous, yeah. I, I, but I hope you gave him, like, some good advice back. Like, you should you should use your debt to your advantage. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because it's your fatness like, to your advantage, yo. Like, you see, even fatness, right? Like, I can get, like, if someone's an angry person, yeah, go yeah. into boxing, use your anger. Yeah. If someone's even a fat person, I don't know, go into, like, wrestling or become a doorman at a bar. Like, I can tell you the answer. <laughs> I have ADHD. Yeah. I have not found a use for it yet. No, it's I, it's a myth. It's a myth that I think ADHD is, oh, it, if it's, um, ADHD works with people that are able to, I, I'm not sure exactly. It's able to work for people that are really motivated and have a lot of energy, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but for people like me who do not have that much energy, like I, I'm tired. My sleep is terrible, which I'm yeah. working on right now. A lot of the food that I was putting in my body was terrible. That's also a big thing. Diet does help a lot, but yeah, it, there was just there was no way I could. And I had a lot of social anxiety. Like I couldn't have a conversation with people a lot of the time. Like I had to get psych myself into a conversation. I still have sometimes that problem. Yeah. And the weird thing is I'm, I'm an extrovert. I love talking to people. I feel good about that. But at the same time, I have like the social anxiety, you know, but I get the combo. Yeah. So, combo. but so I went home, right. For a month and a half, I took everything off. I was legit in my room eating crap. And can I say that crap? You can. Yeah. yeah. You can okay. Crap. I don't know what I can say. Uh, <laughs> say anything you like. And if, yeah. if, uh, if we need to put a bleep, we'll put okay. a bleep. <laughs> I, I've never yet bleeped anything. Okay. Well, you, you, yeah. This, this, the first this might be the everything. time. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But it's, uh, so I went home fine. So it was like a relief. And I remember the first day I took those pills. And I, I'm i going to be completely honest. Not every day is perfect. But it's definitely, I think, better with the pills. With Vyvanse? Yeah. It? It's called Vyvanse. Because um, I I, I, like when I was young, I... Uh, everybody's Adderall, right? Or uh, We didn't have Adderall where I was from. But like, I, I, well, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever did Adderall. But I did like Ritalin. And yeah, Ritalin. Okay. So I did Adderall as an adult yeah. a couple of times. That was... Oh, yeah, what was that? What was that like? That's wild, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy train, man. Yeah. Like it's because, you know, for... for yeah. Six to eight hours, you just... Yeah. Well, that it's interesting you say that because 
So I started on the 20 milligram of Vyvanse. And she told, she told me the second analyst. <laughs> Never take more than two and a half milligrams yeah. ever. No, like 20 it is. <laughs> no, no, no. 20 milligrams is like a very low dose for, oh, okay. for this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what did she, she tell uh, me? She told me to take 20 milligram. And in act, like the first day I took it, and I wasn't expecting anything. Like, on a mat, like all of a sudden I was in this like great mood. Yeah. And I was like in this focused mood where I was able to just focus and sit down and do something. And I'm like, wow, this is how you're supposed to be on an average day or average. Like average is supposed to kind of be in a decent mood where you walk around and you're able to do certain things, focus, have a good conversation. And I was like, I, I could only have this moment like maybe, I don't know, like, like a, a few times a month, you know. And the fact that I was able to just have that was incredible. And yeah. from there, dude, from there, I... I so I, I, just, I just got back to New York. I started building up my YouTube channel. The Vivance uh, was helping? Yeah, absolutely. It still is today. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm still working out some of the kinks. Like, it, you get used to it for at least, like, a few months. Uh, it was just felt amazing. Yeah. But then you get used to it. And even if you up the dose, uh, it helps to a certain extent. But you, you need to push yourself. But it's definitely helping. Do you ever take, like time off or you like for a week or two weeks i'm not going to take it or you don't do that i you know what it's dude see the problem with pills is that you 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 get used to it and then i had to take a few days off because i i ran out Mm. and i oh my god you're just useless dude uh oh my god the problem is with the okay so there are a couple of problems with taking pills that's why i'm not this is not for everybody if you if you're able to do a job regularly, even if it's a bad job, right? Even if, but you're able to keep it continuously every day, then I, I would not advise pills, right? Mm-hmm. This is only for extreme measures. Where someone like me who went through 10 jobs in the past three years and was fired from at least four or five of them, right? Yeah, it's intense. Like, yeah, so I, I just wasn't able to get my life together. It was an abnormal thing. So I, I have to take pills, right? Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, so, so the problem is the the come down at the end of the day right that sometimes i have a hard time dealing with and so oh man so i i i was i i took 20 milligrams for a few months then i took 40 milligrams for i I upped it yeah and then i thought okay the 40 milligrams is not doing that great anymore let's go to the next one right yeah well and the cycle and the the lady i was talking to the doctor i was talking to um she and super super amazing lady uh, she was like, she was, uh, she was, wasn't sure that I should take the 50, but I, I told her that I, look, I, I, I need this to help me, you know, like I, I've kind of gotten used to it already, you know, and, you've already uh, acclimatized to the 40 or the 50. I got used to the 40 and it was like, it wasn't doing the effects that I wanted to do. And, uh, so she, she was a little bit not sure, but we had a conversation. She was like, okay, I'll give you the 50. And, uh, I, I started taking the 50 and the 50, it was weird because I'd never had this experience where it, it just wasn't helping. Like it wasn't barely helping at all. Like I would mm-hmm. have headaches, and uh, it, it didn't feel like it was working. I, I feel like I feel like at a certain point it just clocks you so fast that you're yeah. just like the hot the whatever the internal neural equivalent of a hard drive is. You're just yeah. slamming against the gears. Yeah, it just hurts, and it's not. You're not yeah, well, I think a lot of it has to do with my sleep. Um, my your sleep definitely affects. The way that I think you weren't you, sleeping so well at the time. No, so at the time I wasn't. I was getting really oh yeah, like because I had traveled with my dad. Me and my dad did a gig in Ohio. You and your dad did a gig in Ohio. Yeah, sometimes. What's this? What's this? Well, my dad's a rabbi. Sometimes we'll fly out together and I'll do comedy and he'll, yeah, dude, he'll do, he'll do rabbi. <laughs> oh my god, man! So the past few gigs I've just not been doing well. <laughs> we went to we got flown out to Ohio. Yeah, me and my dad and we flew out to Ohio and 
I was set to perform and I took the 50 milligram and I, again, I was really not sleeping very well and, uh, had the 50 milligram just hit me, man. Right. Yeah. I, dude, I, I don't get nervous. I don't get very nervous anymore on stage. And if I don't do a very good job, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I was really nervous. And I, a lot of it had to do with the pills. And I thought if I get up on stage and I do my set, like once I start getting into it, I'll feel comfortable. And I was not, it was a bad set. And I wouldn't say it's terrible. It was okay. It got some people laughed, you know. Right. I th- but it, j- it oh wasn't my God. Cool. It, it was weird, it man. Yeah, it was weird. Also, I feel like like these stimulant drugs, like in addition to like hyping, like raising, revving up your conscientiousness, they like, yeah. rev up your anxiety and your neuroticism a bunch too. Dude, it, it can do. It can, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, so after about doing the 50 milligram for maybe a, a few days, yeah. I'm like, I got to get back to the fourth, four milligram. Yeah. And that's where, that's where things got crazy. So, this was about a week ago. Was it about a week? Yeah, dude, it's like an emotional roller coaster. You just dropped back down to forty, like a week dude, ago. So I, so, okay, so no, I'll explain. So I, I was at forty, so I dropped down to forty again, and mm-hmm. it, it was it was going okay for a day or two, but then I started slipping into like this. It was not good, and uh, man, I remember maybe it was like a week or two ago. Uh, I just had like this, like this emotional. I, I've I've dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression, like but like every but with everybody else, but I, I've been in some really dark places for for definitely definitely um, like from seventeen until I was like twenty twenty one, I dealt with just like a lot of depression and anxiety. I always felt like I was left out. I couldn't talk to people very well. Uh, and um, after I moved to New York and I, after about living there for a year, I that, yeah. that I started to get better at dealing with that. You know. And I haven't felt quite that way, like that bad place. You know, I, I've been able to at least because I think my mind's focused on a lot of other things now. Right. And I've, I've been able to build my confidence a bit and stuff like that. But it was about a week or so ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe a week or two ago or something like that where I was taking the 40 milligram and I the come down, I guess, because it was coming down from the 50 and now I was taking the 40. It was all over the place and maybe lack of sleep where I was just so vulnerable. It was like this terrible, yeah, it didn't feel very good at all. And uh, man, I ended up pissing off everybody. I was with my brothers who I love to death, but uh, we, we could get on each other's nerves. And I, whew, let, let's just say it was a, it was a long evening and uh, I was very emotional. <laughs> uh, yeah, very emotional. Uh, and, and But then I started taking the 50 and the 50s been working pretty well, so... Okay. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, man. Thank do you ever rotate? Do you ever do something other than Vivans? Like you do Ritalin for a few few weeks or something? I have not done Ritalin, no. So no. I, I don't, like, again, not a doctor, but, yeah. like, I remember when I was um, I was having trouble sleeping and I went and got temazepam. I, I don't know what okay. they call that here, but... I think it's... Yeah, I think I know Motrin, maybe, or... I don't know. Some some sleep pill, which is, like, reasonably good. Yeah. And um, I remember my dad was like, yo, you got to be careful with these because, you know, you yeah. don't want to do get too much, which is good advice. Yeah. And I went and asked the doctor about it. I was like, she was giving me the prescription. I was like, hey, how about what if I find that I get dependent on them or they're not working? She's like, oh, that's no problem. We'll take you off that for a bit and put you on yeah. a different sleeping pill <laughs> that hits a different yeah. circuit in your brain and yeah. you'll be fine. Okay. And so, like, that's sort of... My yeah. my philosophy with this sort of thing. I mean, I take like at this point, I'm taking modafinil sometimes. Okay. Do you, you ever taken modafinil? No, I do. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel. Yeah, I, I don't okay. know, man. So my room looks like a pharmacy now, man. Like just the pills that I'm taking right now. So try. I mean, like again, not a doctor, but yeah. I've been. Uh, modafinil seems to be like the new like miracle stimulant. Really? On the West Coast. Yeah. It's it's 
So you wake, you wake up in the morning, you take yeah. imidacinil. I find I got to take by like 6 a.m. or yeah. I have trouble sleeping that night. That's how good it is. Wow. But like no side effects. Really? It's not like you take it and then like you're a bit jittery and whatever. Yeah. Well, what does it help with focus or? Yeah. You're just like calmly focused. You're just like <laughs> the whole day. We'll it's talk about like this off the year. You got to tell me where to get all this <laughs> yeah. stuff, man. Like honestly. Yeah. No, that sounds, yeah. that sounds incredible. Here, back you have home get... it's like not like you need a narcolepsy script for it, I think. Okay. You have but, to get a prescription, you say. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, man. I think you can buy it for Bitcoin on, online and it's like. <laughs> Well, okay. I don't think I don't think they, yeah. they prosecute for it. You know, it's wow. one of those things like, mm, we prefer you didn't have this without a script. <laughs> like, no, the FDA isn't yeah. kicking your door. I do. There's some know? pharmacists maybe going to be listening, just like, you guys are idiots. How dare you? Yeah, who are these guys there's spreading this? Nothing. But there's this guy I don't know, Gwen, on the internet, who's like, apparently really good at like an meta analyses of like studies. Yeah. And Gwen is like. Yeah, the modafinil has like fewer side effects than aspirin. All right, I mean, so. yeah, that sounds. Inte- I, I'm definitely open to. I'm gonna stick with Vivans for right now because yeah. I just have to figure this. I gotta figure this out, you know. Okay, um, I feel like sometimes yeah. the best thing when a pill is like screwing with you is like don't do it for a while. Yeah, try something else that maybe might take its place. Yeah, yeah, the, definitely. Look, I have a, do- a do- doctor that I'm talking to, so it's not just me yeah. popping pills and figuring it out by myself. So well, I'm happy good. with that. Yeah, talk to her. I, don't, I don't know, maybe mention yeah. mention medafinil to your <laughs> GP. <laughs> you know about yeah, that's because that's what doctors love when the patient offers advice. <laughs> sometimes they do like a lot of the time you're making their job a lot simpler especially if you say you have trouble sleeping like technically it's a sleep regulator that's what it is okay you take it when you wake up and then you're awake until nighttime when you go to sleep yeah okay so whatever anyway that's my thing let's let's, can can we talk about something (laughs) wow i did not expect to talk about pills yeah that was that was that was a long time, but it's important, right? Yeah. Like, no, it's absolutely important. These, yeah. This day and age, man, and there's like me, no one yes. who isn't on pills. Yes, you should be really. I, this is what I would end off with. As we get to the next subject. Uh, <laughs> I would off like if you are really having trouble and you're having the side effects that I'm talking about, right? Where it's you're not able to concentrate, you can't keep a job, you, the social anxiety ramps up because you can't stand and have a conversation without feeling like you need to leave. You know. Yeah then I would definitely suggest talking to a doctor because pills will absolutely, like specifically Vyvanse, will absolutely help you. They definitely will. And there are obviously going to be some side effects, but uh, it is better to deal with those side effects than it is to not be taking those pills. So that's what I would end off with. All right. Yeah, fair. Yeah. All right. Let's go. <laughs> All right. This is, yeah, I'm a comedian, right? We're talking about comedy. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my, my picture that I get from... Um, from listening to the best podcast, Jorgens. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like um, you know, you, you get like a you get like a I don't know an anthropologist in whose specialty is like <laughs> Kenya, and yeah. then you just talk about Kenya. But like you get a comic on, you talk about whatever, and it's yeah. fine because yeah. it's just a it's about a way of like good conversation. Yeah, we're very unhealthy people. There's no unhealthy, question about good it. Good conversation. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you got it. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about this, right? Okay. You're, you're like there's a grind as a young comic. There's mm-hmm. something you have to push through. We were talking just before about um, that 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 quote by like Ari Shaffer that it's like uh, yeah Ari Shaffer yeah Ari Shaffer yeah. yeah it's like you don't want to be um, you don't want to find yourself as a comic like punching on a clock and, yes. and writing jokes for for a TV show that you hate mm-hmm. um, but like the alternative is you got to build a base and that's hard and that's yeah. a while tell me like in terms of in terms of like writing um, writing material. Mm-hmm. Do you find that like you have to be in the zone or are you sort of casually background writing all the time? Or can you sit down and force yourself? Oh, the, see, this, it really depends for 
I, I've always cat- categorized, categorized comedians in two different types of people, right? There are writers and there are performers, right? And a lot, obviously, the better you get, the more that overlaps. Yeah, sure. Right? You have a guy like Louis C.K., which I think I would categorize as a writer, but he's obviously an incredible performer, okay. right? And then yeah, I would, sure. you would maybe take a guy like Kevin Hart, you know? I think maybe introvert, extrovert, somebody who's better at writing a joke than performing it, you know? Right. Um, so, you ever see Eddie Murphy's Delirious? Yeah, yeah. So that, like, that's an example. He's for a me. performer. Yeah. yeah, it's written like quite well. Yeah, but it's performed perfectly. Right. So it's not yeah. right. So I would put myself in the category of definitely a performer because I don't like sitting and writing. I love getting up on stage. I love talking to the crowd. I I've recently, uh, recently I, I, I um, realized this. I realized that I love doing crowd work, which yeah. is weird, dude. I bombed so many times, like uh, that. That I started to kind of enjoy just bombing and being up on stage and figuring out how I could dig my way out of it. Yeah. And that was, it's been a good experience because I did this show, man, (laughs) the performance I'm talking about, I just did bad, but uh, I I swear to God, I do some good performances too. I I did this because I, because I like to take risks and I don't care. Like I don't care about the outcome a lot of the time. I'm just like, I'm going to get up and just do whatever. And a lot of times it works. Uh, I did this show with a few other comedians, a few other friends of mine. Uh, It was this Jewish show. And it was in this like weird movie theater, which already it was just a weird it was a weird vibe from the beginning to end. And uh, I, I was the first comedian to go up, and just I was sick. I was really sick, not feeling very well. And uh, I got up and uh, and I started doing my set for about four or five minutes, just bombing. But I didn't care. Like I didn't really care. I I, I was just more excited to kind of find out how I could get out of it. And then I, at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Let's do some crowd work. And I started making fun of some people, and it, it kind of ended off kind of well, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed doing that type of stuff, you know, I enjoyed being, so I would say that the writing process is, yeah, a lot of background writing, a lot of like, oh, that's a funny idea, let me write that down. Right. Uh, that's kind of the way I like to kind of come up with stuff on stage. I, I'm, do you have like a five minutes of like tight material yes, that you yes. know gets lost that you yes. can just like yeah. turn out if you need to? Yeah, I could do a good set. Okay. That's but good. I hate. I'm, I'm, you hate sticking to that five minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, there are some people that could do their set over no, and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And I am very jealous of those people because they can continue to make it funny. As opposed right. to somebody who gets bored of the material. It, that it comes out. You can tell that the poor person is just kind of sick of the material, you know? Sure. Well, I feel like I feel like there's a the the importance for that is not so much like, oh, this is what you want to be like, sh- like optimizing your material and doing the same yeah. thing and just refining it although there's some of that right there's some of like yeah. oh, you have to tell the joke like 10 times before you really know how to tell the joke right yeah part yeah of it's that but like part of it is just like sometimes you're gonna get hit with a heckle yeah and like i mean I, i'm speaking from very little experience i've done yeah. a few a few shows here and there but you get hit with something yeah and you handle it and it well, goes you do great stand up? yeah i've done a bit like, really yeah i actually i don't know i started like five years ago i was hitchhiking across america yeah. And um, I was trying. I was just getting a ride out of Pennsylvania into Ohio. His family comes, picks me up, and um, I just, I'm just like it's just like this mother and her like four kids, and I'm just sitting there I'm chatting to the family. And one of her daughters is saying that she's always wanted to, like, um, I think she always wanted to go recite a poem of hers, but she's always been too shy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, look, I've always wanted to do stand up, and I've like always chickened out. So how about we made up a pact? Huh. When I arrive in Pennsylvania, I'll do my stand up. Yeah. And you go do your thing. She's like, all right. Yeah. So I did it. I went to, um, went to, where was I? 
Really? Oh, it didn't, yeah. It didn't you had some jokes prepared? Yeah. So, like, that's the thing, though. For me, I'm not, I'm a performer, not a writer. Like, yeah, I, okay. I'm like the sort of guy in college, I don't know, or university, as you yeah. say in Australia, I don't know that I ever submitted a single essay on time. <laughs> you know, yeah. And the ones that I did, it's yeah. because, like, I was up the night before drinking energy drinks. And that's just, like, that's the way to go, man. That's the way to go. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah. Man. Like, but, but it's, I think, like, for me, it's, you like I I I'm I don't maybe you're familiar with this. I, I feel like I need to like push my anxiety to just enough that like everything switches on and like I'm 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 on. Yeah. And can I um but like you know, like I will do this in video games as well, where I, like sort of I'm playing against someone that I'm pretty confident against. Yeah. I'll just sort of let, I'll sort of like play, like hang back and like let them beat me around a bit in the first couple of rounds. Yeah. So that I have like a good position to play back from. Mm, okay. And I'm like, yes, now I can then yeah. I feel alive, then I feel like I'm switched on and I'm like forced to be in flow. So like I feel that's the same way when I'm writing for something, when I'm like if that's an like an essay or whatever. If I'm like doing it the day before, then I feel like I'm much more wide for it. Is that, do you get that at all? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I need to get a good night's sleep. That's for sure. For sure. And yeah, do what you were saying before, doing the joke a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. You got it. I mean, the prep for for guys like, I don't know, guys like me, I don't know. And from what I'm hearing, you're in that category. It's like, it's important. You get up and you want to do the performance, right? You want to free flow and you want to like go off script and stuff. Yeah. But there's going to come a time where you're doing crowd work and like you say something and it hits, but then it's over or it hits or, or it misses. And the crowd's like, oh, and you have to be able to like just take that and switch it straight away. Yeah. And you have to be like three sentences into the next story before anyone realizes. Yeah. That. Well, a lot of, a lot of, that. yeah. Well, this, I've said this and I said the difference between, uh, cause, cause you could be a, a, a good, this is what I I've all because I've always been jealous of like someone who started out doing stand up comedy. They're pretty new to it and they do a good set. I'm like, man, you know, when I started doing stand up comedy, it was terrible. Yeah, two months into it, no laughs. Ah, boo, get off, you know. And there are some people that could just get into comedy and start doing it well, which it, I kind of been a little bit jealous of. But I've realized it's not that you can make people laugh when you start doing comedy. You can tell the difference between somebody who's experienced and somebody who's not. Is somebody is how you bomb. Mm. that is the difference if you can get up on stage even if your set doesn't go very well but if the joke if the joke doesn't do very well how you can recover from it you know right or if have you ever been to a performance where the comedian gets up and he's not he's not that great you can tell that the crowd didn't laugh that much but you didn't feel this cringe you're like yeah he's okay yeah i can tell he's funny yeah and he's just not as on he's not on today but yeah like you know those are good lives right like, so there a lot of it a lot of stand-up comedy is the vibe right and it takes a while to to have this presence when you get up on stage you can feel that somebody's more comfortable or confident on stage and that mm-hmm. helps you be funnier as a person right as opposed to somebody who's usually starting off has a lot of this anxiety and he's just getting comfortable up on stage well that kind of works with the joke also at least for me, right? You're not as confident when it comes to a joke as you were, as you would be if you said the joke a few times. Right. Um, and I've, yeah, because that's usually the way it goes. That's usually you get up on stage, you say a joke, and uh, yeah, you, you hope it goes well. But the first time, it doesn't always go well. My brother's the opposite. My brother is, and I've beat him already all the time. My younger brother, who I do some of the videos with, I, I try to get him to stand up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's done a little bit of stand up. Super talented kid. 
but he does he does things very differently. Like instead of me, I just get up with like a bunch of stuff on my iPhone. I'm like, all right, let me talk about this, and I kind of form a joke while I'm up I'm up on stage. Mm-hmm. He's the opposite. He'll write out everything specifically, and then he'll get up and practice the joke. You know, I can't do that. I yeah, cannot. No, neither. I have to kind of see how it goes. You know what I yeah. think that is? I think that's the same thing. But that's the ADHD. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I was hearing, who is yeah. it? I can't remember who. Um, but if someone was saying that like, um, the Amish don't have ADHD. Cause if like a kid can't sit still. Yeah. I saw that. You, you saw that. And he wants to like run up and go fishing. They're just like, all right, go fishing. It's like ADHD. What that is, is like a, it's a description of a mismatch between what the kid wants to be doing and what's going on. And yeah. I feel like a lot of what like very high openness people people, yeah very creative people want to be doing is something new and interesting you're really making me think back to my childhood that's so funny yeah that that fits very much into the way that i grew up yeah like i'm sure you were learning stuff even when you were off getting distracted doing whatever yeah you just weren't learning the precise set of things they wanted you to learn yeah yeah Uh, no i I don't think i learned anything never mind now my education was a waste yeah what was what was your education you you were in a chabad school growing up yeah well i grew up in yeah i grew up in i I officially was born in new york i lived there for about two years our house burned down yeah so but we moved on my dad moved out to be a rabbi everyone's okay yeah everyone's fine yeah yeah yeah. uh it was yeah i yeah we we all escaped so I know. So my parents have told me. Maybe I have an older sibling. Than that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. That's that dark. Is that dark or what? That's so, pretty dark. Dude. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, it'd be even darker if they didn't tell us. Yeah. That would be even darker. But um, so we, we moved out to Connecticut. My dad became a rabbi there. And You're the eldest child? Second oldest. Second oldest. Okay. Yeah. Remember, Rabbi, your dad became a rabbi in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, one of the rabbis. Yeah. Well, there, Simsbury? There, there, Simsbury. Simsbury. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. You'll Simsbury. never need to know that name. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never ever go there uh, oh dude if i might introduce you i've been trying uh, Chaim samuels from simsbury from, Sims, from from a place in, in connecticut don't worry yeah, for sure yeah simsbury. simsbury is such a that's that's the thing with connecticut like there's such little towns where i'm from that even the people in connecticut have never they've never heard of it they've what never heard it? of it s-i-m-s-b-u-r-y yeah Sims like the game Sims, yeah. Sims, wow. Yeah. Have you considered that maybe everyone there is in fact part of the simulation? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's yes. That that's too much for me, man. I can't. Have, have, have you? So wait. So I'm your dad, your dad came became. He became a rabbi. A rabbi was he the only rabbi in Simsbury, or were there a bunch of rabbis? No. Uh, well, it's he has got so many stories. My dad's a super funny guy, also. Yeah. I think that's where I got it from. He he speaks all over, and he he's an incredible, incredibly funny guy. Your dad's a rabbi. Yeah. You grew up in Simsbury. You grew up like in a pretty religious environment, pretty religious education. Sure. Oh, yeah. So I went to Hebrew Academy school uh, until I was seven, in seventh grade. And mm-hmm. then I went to – and then from seventh grade – eighth grade, seventh, you know, seventh grade until I was 20, I went to – I went to an all-boys school. Different schools, but all-boys religious school. Yeah. Right. Until I was 20. And then I got out and I told myself – I had to get myself a woman. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I've been with too many guys. I got to get out there. That was my goal pretty much. I'm a pretty simple guy. Like most people, right. most people, when they become not religious, uh, I think it's because they're unsure with themselves. You know, they feel like religion lied to them. I just want to get laid. Like, <laughs> like that's this, what it is. Yeah. So this, this like. I, I am the story. I am the story when rabbis talk about like, like, you know, what happens. He gave in to the temptation. Nobody really gives into the temptation. It's more just about, it, it's more just about you don't like or you're mad at religion. 
I actually came to the temptation. I'm that dude. Right. I'm, for I'm you, the, it's like definitely. Yeah, the, I'm the five out of the 95% that actually, that actually just like wanted to have a good time. So the, it's interesting you say this because I think like there's a line in the Gemara where it's like no one, what is it? No Jew ever serves foreign gods except for want of foreign women, something like that. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, yeah. that's intense. But it's, it's, it's interesting because like growing up, I saw this, right? I yeah. looked around and I saw like, so for me, it was like there, there were these two sorts of people that I saw a lot of growing up which is like one side is like the ideologically honest people who are like oh well you know you've told me this but now i've gone and read science or philosophy and i'm seeing this and now i'm doubting your story and so like what you're saying is wrong so like the you know i'm I'm disregarding this because that's like what i'm like that's my honest position yeah and you have people who just like want to go out and have fun whatever like fun Mm -hmm. looks like for them usually it's women but like it can also be a bunch of other stuff music drugs whatever yeah um but it's, it's interesting to me because I see that divide back home and like yeah. that seems to map pretty much onto what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a pretty simple guy. That's, right. that's how I would, that's how I would peg myself. I'm a pretty simple guy. I, I don't like to overcomplicate things. I think there usually is a way or there's usually a reason that's not as complicated as you think. Specifically when it came to me, like I don't, I'm not mad at anybody. You know, I, I just, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have a good time. I never really got that while I was in yeshiva, while I was religious too. Yeah. And I wanted to do certain things that I wasn't able to do as a religious person. It was holding me back. That's just the way I felt, right? And if, if you don't think that way, if you think that you'll be, like, I'm not mad at anybody. Sure. I don't care if you're religious. I don't really care any of this stuff. I care more if you fed into a culture. That's what I care more about. I don't, like, if I see a religious Jew and he just really enjoys it, you know? Mm. Um, and he just really enjoys it, and he's doing his best to to be a good Jewish person who follows the rules and stuff. I I I commend that guy, but that's not the average. The average buffer, the average religious Jew, grows up in a culture, and then they focus themselves specifically when it comes like the way I grew up in Chabad, right? Um, I I just think people get too attached to this weird weird culture, you know, where it's like. You got to sit down once a week and fabrang with your friends, right? And then that fabranging doesn't – nobody really fabrangs or nobody really tries to understand or try to become a better person. They're really? just sitting there. No, no, no. I'm just saying That's people fall into this category, right? right. And uh, a lot of times – and but they feel good that they sat around for a while, wasted time, drank a little bit, and then they, they went on their like merry way. Like they, they felt like – right. They felt like that is part hmm. of Judaism, right? Or there's something real to that. There's, I don't think there is at all. I think – and I, that's just a small example – in the religious world, what I think is going on right now, what I think the biggest issue is. It's, it's everybody's. People fall into a culture where uh, certain things are accepted, even though they have nothing to do with Judaism. And uh, people kind of are like, well, if you do, you have to do these certain things. And if you don't, then you're not as Jewish as we are, you know? Right. I, I feel that. Because, like, for me, when I was, yeah. I, I was um, becoming religious again, in a, in a Jewish sense, at least, like yeah. within the past couple of years, few years, um, it was really, really important to me that the, I think like the the mystical stuff, the stuff like a man's relationship with his God, yeah. and then like getting that right and multiplying that out on a societal level, um, I, I was it was really important for me like get get my own relationship with God sorted in that yeah. sense and have all the, the the ritual and stuff actually stand in as sincere yeah. acts in that before I went and just tried to fit that into the culture. Not, yeah. Not. Yeah. Well, that's why, and this is obviously, uh, when, when we were growing up, we heard this concept called Riffion, if you've heard of it. Riffion? Yeah. Where we heard that there are 
like parts in religious in the religious world where they let you for a year, and they do this in the Amish world, right? Where they let this you for a year just go out and do whatever you want. This is uh, in the Amish, I think, call it Rumspringer. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Rifion. I didn't know we had. Yeah, a word well, for I, it. I heard about this idea. I'm not sure you know how, how to spell true. it. Like Rish. No, I don't. I don't know. But I really I, want to look this up. I've heard it's true. Mm. I haven't heard anybody who's done it, and it could be not a non-official thing. It could be just people do it, but right. it's kind of under the table. I don't know if it's a real thing, but I've heard about it, and I think it's kind of a brilliant idea. Because it, it gives you a different perspective. The way you're talking about it, we're like right. you became not religious, and then you kind of discovered Judaism again. It's like right. if you want to discover Judaism again, that's fine. But it's very it's very hard to really appreciate or really get out of this culture environment um, if you're not looking at it from a different perspective. Because most people grow up in this really generic uh, culture, religious Judaism, where most of the time, they don't really enjoy being a religious Jew, but they kind of feel like they have to, or it's just important yeah. in some sense. So I hear what you're saying with um, with the culture being yeah. at the center, because like, I think everyone has these sorts of, um, I think maybe for like, generically in the in the Christian context in yeah. America, you sort of have, yeah. someone has maybe that culture they belong to, mm-hmm. it's like they can be like a skater or a rocker or whatever, yeah. and then like, they have their religious life, well, well, which is like, yeah. they either go to church on Sundays or they don't. Yeah. Whereas, like, for, for religious Jews, it's sort of all in one it's, package. It's all, yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? And and in, in short, Judaism, a lot of times we look at, the, like, person who's just a bit different than what everybody else is doing. We look at them kind of like a weirdo or they're, they're, going, to, they're going against uh, Judaism in some sort of way. But right. I, I love weirdos. Like, I really like weirdos. I like people who are just like, oh, this is weird. I'm going to do my own thing, you know? I'm, 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 I'm going to... I'm just going to kind of go to my own rules. I'm still going to be in in the rules of Judaism, but I'm going to kind of go about it a different way, right? But even a lot of people that become religious, yeah, they kind of like, a lot of them, you seem very different, but a lot of them. Which is. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I know no, this is a compliment coming You up. seem like interested in, in being open-minded. A lot of these guys are like little hippies and they're not interesting and they think they're interesting. Or they're they hippies? Yeah. They're, okay. They're, me and my brother's always... Um, we always kind of make fun of this. Usually when you become a religious Jew, you fall into two categories, right? You become, you go hardcore, right? Uh, on average. Yeah. Um, or you become really hippie-ish. And you see this a lot in Crown Heights where they are like, <laughs> they're just like guys who are really simple and they become religious, but they don't really, there's not a lot of intelligence. It's all about feeling. Yeah. But it's not, it's not in an interesting or fascinating way. It's a really corny and non-interesting way like they fall into just a and they become a culture of themselves pretty much right the hippie uh, religion well i yeah. mean i think they become a culture of themselves in part because it's like so easy yeah. to accidentally be an outsider in in like religious jewish culture yeah like the more <laughs> yeah uh, yeah they, they fall into their old they fall into being a, a stereotype of themselves a lot of these people it's right. hard it's really hard to explain because we don't have that much time to get into it uh, yeah but yeah, I, I think if you want to become religious too, and you want to, or, or with anything, right. you should really try to, I've always, it, it, it's more, the values are more important than the culture. Yeah, for sure. That's that's what I'm coming down to. Let me ask you this. Your, yeah. your childhood is spent in Simsbury, Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Simsbury. Yeah. Um, and then you moved to New York City at 20? Uh, yeah, 20. What's... Like I, I can't I can't like begin to get my 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 uh, sort of verbal crowbar into that, but like, have you have you lived in other cities as well, or sure. just went from Simsbury straight up? To no, no, no. I, I I lived in New York before then for a little bit. I went to school, then I went to I lived in New Haven for a few years, and I 
I lived I lived in New York a few times, mm-hmm. different different times in my life, and then I lived in Pennsylvania for a little bit, and then at twenty I moved officially to New York, not to go to school, but just to live there. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of all over the place. Yeah. You have a you have a YouTube channel called Lonely Boy Reactions. Yeah, you've been doing that for a while now. Yeah, your and the the, the general like mode of it is. Like you, you watch something and then you just react to it. Yeah. Well, I can get into that if we have a couple of minutes. Yeah, we have a couple of minutes. Okay. So I did YouTube for about two years. I wasn't getting anywhere. I was doing sketches. I was doing, and I wasn't being consistent. It was all over the place. Uh, a lot of videos I was putting out wasn't really professionally or made very well or edited very well. Right. And after about, about two years, uh, I was getting nowhere. I wasn't even at 300 subscribers. And uh, after taking the pills, I told myself I gotta get focused. Right, I gotta. Uh, it helped me to get focused and like be like, okay, I gotta. If I want to grow a YouTube channel, which I think is a smart idea for comedians, I don't know why comedians aren't doing that. It's one of the smartest things to do. I gotta figure out how to do it. And this is for anybody who wants to start a YouTube channel, right? Uh, I asked myself a few questions. I asked myself, what can I do consistently? What can I do that I'm gonna enjoy? And then what? And how? And do I have a plan for how I can grow that channel? And I I realized I can do reaction videos, right? Because mm-hmm. they're simple enough. I can have fun with them and I know how I can grow them, right? I can react to newer videos and trendy videos that are coming out and I can get a lot of traction. And it did. It started to get a lot of traction. And I've been growing ever since then, you know? We're close to, we've pretty much doubled the subscriber amount in the matter of a few months, you know? So it's something's working, which I think is, it's incredible. It's the fact that people are subscribing and watching my videos. I am amazed, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really shows you got to stick with something, you know? So uh, I'm super happy about that. Yeah. Cool. And if people want to um, want to look you up on YouTube, yeah. What the the name of the channel? Uh, you can go to Lonely Boy Reactions. Uh, you can hit that subscribe button because uh, we're putting out content every single day. And because uh, my Instagram is Chaim Samuels. Can you uh, spell that? Yeah, C H A I M uh, underscore Samuels. Uh, and I, I usually post where I'm doing a gig. I got actually have a gig. March 2nd, uh, Saturday night at Broadway Comedy Club. I think it's at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I'm, I'll probably be posting it on my Instagram, saying so no to that if you want to make sure. Uh, yeah. That's, that's it. March yeah, 2nd, if, if people want to come by see you. Yeah. And uh, at the Broadway Comedy Club. Yes. All right. Chaim. Dude, thanks so much. This was fun. This has been amazing. Yeah. Was, the time's just flown by. Dude, it really has. I had a fun time, though. Good. A lot of opinions out there <laughs> that I'm sure a lot of people disagree with. But yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to the hate mail. Yeah, I'll just forward it straight on to oh, you, yeah. man. I don't mind. I don't care. Well, they have your Instagram now, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know that like YouTube comments being what YouTube comments Dude, they're are. They're terrible. Thank God I don't have Twitter, man. Oh, they would come after me. Yeah, yeah. Giving up Twitter was a good move for me. <laughs> All right, Chaim. Thanks, thanks so, so much, much for man. coming yeah. on this. Absolutely. Absolutely.